0: Hello guys, I'm Jake from the MMA Weekly Podcast, and today, this is the third episode. Um, uh, This is a very special episode because I got some of my friends on MMA Amino to leave me some questions to read on the video, but before all that, make sure you like, comment, and share with everyone you know, and uh yeah, let's jump straight in. So the questions aren't actually the first thing that I'm going to be doing, it's going to be uh, just a quick recap of everything that happened at UFC Calgary. So in the main event, uh, I got my uh, my prediction that uh, Dustin Poirier would win the fight was correct, and he knocked out Eddie Alvarez in the second round. And it was quite it was a it was very it was a very controversial fight, just like the first one. Alvarez had Poirier mounted in uh in around maybe with a minute left in the second round, and he committed multiple fouls uh, during a guillotine that uh, Poirier attempted. Um, well, the two uh, guillotines that uh, he he attempted, Alvarez was holding the fence both times to keep himself upright. Uh, when he had Poirier mounted, he clawed the ear and he threw an illegal twelve to six elbow. Although it just, it just landed on Poirier's shoulder, that is illegal no matter what. So, uh, referee Mark Goddard, he gave away the positional advantage from Alvarez and started them back on the feet, and that's when Poirier landed the left hand that really stunned Alvarez and just poured it on from there. So, you know, a massive win for Poirier. Uh, what's next for him? I think, you know, um personally I think a title Shaw is next. Because, you know, he's won his last couple of fights, uh, most of them, or yeah, I think all of them in, in really dramatic fashion, so uh, I think I think he does deserve a title shot next, but, you know, Connor is obviously going to get that title shot. So, I think the fight that makes the most sense for him right now at the minute is probably to fight Tony Ferguson. Uh They could have that fight on the same card as Khabib versus McGregor, just to keep... A possible main event intact because we all know McGregor and Khabib uh in the co-main event in the in the co-main event it was the return of Jose Aldo versus the number four contender Jeremy Stevens. and I initially said that Aldo would not be able to trade in the pocket with Jeremy Stevens. he needs to stop boxing against you know top class boxers like Stevens and i was absolutely wrong aldo came in there with a mentality that he was able to knock out stevens stevens clipped him with a couple of shots early and i thought that was going to be the end of it but aldo somehow pulled his way back into the fight and hit jeremy stevens with a crippling liver shot and stevens just couldn't recover from there he protested the stoppage but i um, i feel that the fight should have been stopped as uh, i thought the fight should have been stopped I mean the minute that Stevens hit the deck so you know it's a it's it's a very big win for Aldo he was really emotional after the fight and you know he's back on track because Stevens he he was one of the biggest prospects in the entire division and Aldo just shut him down in less than a round so he definitely proved me wrong I thought that you know he was just he was going to try and trade with Stevens and Stevens was going to catch him early which he did but although he pulled his way back into the fight and just hit him with that he hit him with that liver shot. and Jaychick versus Tisha Torres went the way that everybody expected. Joanna she has to stuff takedowns and she has to just work her kickboxing skills that's exactly what she did she won a unanimous decision over Tisha Torres 30 to 27 on all cards but I thought that Torres won at least one of those rounds because, you know, she, uh, Joanna, she, Joanna was getting clipped a lot more than we've seen her usually get clipped in the past. Uh, she was getting hit, you know, with big overhand rights from Torres. Not really, you know, not really rocking her, but just kind of shaking her up a little bit. So it was, uh, it was a good, uh, performance from Torres as well, but, she just couldn't get the fight to the map for long enough to to really capitalise on anything. So a uh, dominant victory for the NJ but not a bad performance for Torres. Olivia Robin Mercier lost a unanimous decision to Alexander Hernandez. Uh I had Olivia Robin Mercier to win this fight. I thought that he was just too much of a veteran, too much experience, too good on the ground, but uh Alexander Fernandez, he did prove me wrong, you know, I I thought he was a bit of a douche after the uh, Benil Dariush uh, fake fake glove touch push kick thing, I thought, you know, it was probably just a fluke, but, you know, he did prove me wrong, he showed that he can fight on the ground and he can strike with you, so, definitely a big prospect in the division, Uh, what's next for him, you know, probably, probably maybe uh, a fight against another veteran, Maybe Anthony Petz or, you know, Evan Dunham, maybe. Uh Ally Quinta, that, that might make a good fight. So um yeah. Also just to remind you guys really, really quick, it is fight week, it is pay-per-view fight week, one of the best times of the month. So um go and check out the UFC two twenty seven countdown. You can find it on YouTube, you can find it anywhere. And you know, just wanted to let you know, Friday's episode will be a breakdown of that whole card, well, at least the main card, and the feature prelim, which is uh, Pedro Munoz versus Brett Johns, so I will be breaking down that fight plus everything on the main card. Just wanted to let you know, guys, because I completely forgot. So, guys, let's go straight into your questions, and the first question is from Hingsta. And Hinksta asks, what are your thoughts on Tito versus Liddell 3? And if I'm being quite honest, I I wasn't really shocked when this happens because a lot of these fights tend to happen these days. You know, Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie. When I I initially heard that the fight was being targeted, I thought it's probably going to be Bellator now, isn't it? Because, you know, uh, Liddell, he was talking about coming back for a little while and I thought you know my, my actual thoughts on it are you know it's it, the fight's not going to be the best now is it I mean it, it might be entertaining for as long as it lasts it you know at at this time in not just in their careers not in their careers because they don't have careers anymore this I think this is just going to be a once-off thing At this time in their lives, they really can't afford to be taking any more damage because Ortiz, he's just been, you know, getting beaten up his whole career and Chuck Liddell, he retired after three consecutive KO losses plus a couple of more losses before that as well. So, you know, they were both kind of on the decline as they were going on their way out. You know, Ortiz... Um, you know, he was fighting in Bellator, but he retired. and he unretired, but you know, he just can't hold up to the same standards as he used to. And I don't think Chuck Liddell. I mean, I love, I love Chuck Liddell. I love Chuck Liddell to pieces. But I just think at this time in their careers, can they be affording, you know, to getting back into fight shape? You know, draining themselves to make 205 again. I know, I know Ortiz. Can definitely make two five because I mean he's done it within the last year. But can Liddell do? It? I'm really, I'm really worried about Chuck Liddell for this because I know Ortiz can still fight. He just can't fight well anymore. So I'm not really worried about him. I might be worried about his physical condition, not really his stamina or anything. Just you know his physical condition. You know, is he going to be able to keep cutting weight at this age, uh, but I'm really worried about Chuck Liddell. I'm worried about his chin coming into this fight because it he's I mean, at this time in his life he really shouldn't be fighting. He's a he's a UFC Hall of Famer, he should be chilling out somewhere commentating on a fight, you know, like it's it, it's crazy, it, it is so um you know my overall thoughts on it is It's gonna be entertaining to some people, but I think, you know, it's, it's a bad idea for both of them because how will this benefit them? It will benefit their legacies. You know, if, if Ortiz can, you know, have that win over Liddell and Liddell could just add Tito, he could add Tito onto the list of names once again. So, you know, I don't think there's anything to benefit for them, but for their legacies, maybe. Uh, the next question from Hingsta is, um, "Who, uh, who is a fighter you'd like to see in the UFC who hasn't previously been in the UFC? And my answer to this, when I first saw it, was just, it was literally just Ben Askren. Because I know he's like semi-retired, but he is... He's gonna go down as one of the best welterweights to ever do it. You know, he's undefeated. Um, you know, he's a good wrestler. He's just an all-around good fighter. So if he, I mean, even if he goes to Bellator, and you know, fights Rory, if he fights Rory McDonald or whoever the welterweight champion is, I'd still be happy with that. But if I could see him in the UFC and I could see him fighting Tyron Woodley, Darren Till, Robbie Lawler uh Colby Covington, you know, just all those guys. If I could see him fighting in in MMA's biggest promotion, it would probably make my year. So uh you know, immediate answer to that it's a no brainer. It has to be Ben Askren. The third and final question from Hingsta is what are your thoughts on the twelve to six elbow being an illegal strike? And whatever I say I'm still gonna get controversially acted upon is because it's just such a controversial topic in mma the 12 to 6 elbow and if you don't know what the 12 to 6 elbow is it's when your elbow goes like on a clock format when it goes from 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock so straight down at, at a 90 degree angle and the reason they banned it is because it's 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 overpowered basically i mean it breaks bones. Yeah, it can break bricks, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you can break with that elbow. And you know the most notorious person for using that is John Jones in his fight against Matt Hamill, where he got disqualified for using it. And if I'm being honest, I think it should be legal. Okay, because it's a fighting technique. I know it's really, really dangerous and all that, but so is getting a normal elbow to the head. I mean, I mean, if you train for long enough, you could break bricks with a normal elbow. I think, I think that you know, because Eddie Alvarez used it in the fight, and it is currently illegal, and I can see both sides of the coin. I can say, oh yeah, definitely, he should have been taken out of the main position for using it. It's an illegal strike, it could have broken Poirier's elbow, or his shoulder, or his collarbone, or anything. But if they they legalised it, I wouldn't be upset at all. I'd be happy, because fighters could start to use that technique more often. The next question is from Formagia and he asks, Was Nick Diaz serious about returning to fight? Will he get out of legal trouble or face prosecution? And I can only answer about one half of that question. Is he serious about coming back to fighting? Yes, I think he is. I think he is serious about coming back to fighting, but he needs to start to get his life together again because if you follow his Snapchat story, literally every Saturday night or every night, for that matter, he's out smoking weed, out partying, all that, and... You know, he really needs to pull himself together because, I mean, literally five days after he got off his USADA suspension, he got suspended again. So, obviously, there was that whole thing uh with the domestic abuse controversy, and that's the part of your question that I can't answer. Will he get away with his legal troubles? Probably not, okay? McGregor was a very, very special case. Because he's Conor McGregor, so I that judge was probably a big Conor McGregor fan and probably let him out, probably just let him away with a slap on the wrist. That's how most people see it. With Nick Diaz, I don't think he's as likable as Conor McGregor. He says some very controversial things sometimes, and I don't think he's going to get away that easy. But I don't think he's going to face prosecution. I think he's going to be. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. So I think he's serious about returning to fighting, but he needs to pull himself together with the whole, you know, deal. And, uh, And with the whole legal troubles, I can't help you with that. I'm sorry. I think there is more of a chance. I think there's more of a chance of him facing, you know, maybe a bit worse than McGregor, maybe like 10 days community service, and maybe a couple of you know like a big fine or something or because you know domestic abuse it's a very very serious thing but who knows this is this is going to be it's going to be an interesting one to see but is he serious about coming back yes uh will he avoid prosecution god only knows and the final question comes from glorious 1324 and they ask thoughts on Son versus Fedor. Um, what are my thoughts on Son versus Fedor? My thoughts are, Chael Sonnen is cool. Okay, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, if I'm being honest, you know, Fedor is, you know, he's been on a bit of a run recently. You know, his knockout loss to Matt Mitrione was a bit, you know, shocking. Seeing it was like a double knockdown situation, but Frank Mir is still able to fight and. Fedor knocked him out in 2 minutes so, you know, fair enough Fedor can definitely still fight whether or not he's able to beat Chael Sonnen that's that's kind of a different question Sonnen is a middleweight at heart because, you know, he's challenged for the middleweight title twice, that's where most of his fights have been he's not fighting there, he's fighting a 205 and now he's fighting as maybe like a 220 heavyweight Fedor weighs about 245 he probably has about 20 pounds on sonnen which means that you know that pounds of knockout power but sonnen's wrestling might be hard you know the the wrestling of sonnen could have an effect on fedor because we haven't really seen fedor in the on the ground for a while you know if he's on top of you he's probably going to tko you if he's on his back uh, it's kinda, it's kinda iffy. In the prime of his career, he got choked out by Fabricio Verdum, and Sonnen is nowhere near Verdoom's level, but we know that, we know that Fedor, he can be beaten. He can be beaten with the use of Jiu Jitsu and grappling and all that. But, I mean, if Sonnen starts to get reckless against Fedor, and he runs into one of those big right hands, I think he goes to sleep. I think if Fedor times his shots right, and, you know, he strikes when Sonnen is, you know, shooting him for a takedown or coming in with a big left hook. And he just catches him on the chin. I think Sonnen, Sonnen is out. In regards to who wins the fight, I think Fedor does. I think he's probably going to be able to... I don't think he's going to be able to stuff all of Sonnen's takedowns. I think Sonnen might win. Maybe um it's only a three-round fight, I think. If it's a five round fight, then, you know, I think Sonnen could take two rounds, three rounds at the most. If it goes to a decision and he might win on points. But, his gas tank might run out. It's not like Fedor's won't. But, who knows, maybe. The way I see it going is, Sonnen wins maybe the first two rounds. Then, Fedor, he's analysing, he's learning how to stuff the takedowns. And, that's when he that's when he can unload his shots. If Sunin cannot take Fedor down in the first round, he's going to sleep if Fedor can stuff all the takedown attempts in the first round he only needs one he only needs one right hand because when Sonnen can't take you down, he goes into panic mode he cannot strike with fedor i mean he just can't and fedor he can't grapple with with sunin if he's on if he's on his back, he shouldn't be looking for Kamoras and guillotines and some fancy BJJ sweep with some Portuguese name on it. He 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 can't because he's not going to be able to hold up to to Sonnen's wrestling. So I'm going to say that Fedor takes this one. I think he stuffs, you know, most of the takedowns maybe by the third round, and then he picks Sonnen apart with that right hand. Just some more things that have been sweeping across the MMA spectrum. Since the last time I made an episode, uh, Dana White said that Conor McGregor probably will be getting the title shot, but we all know he is one hundred percent going to get that title shot because, I mean, the UFC pay-per-view sale, the UFC pay sales have been going down a lot recently. So, you know, it, they need they need him to get that title shot. Uh, he was also speaking on dc versus brock lesnar and he said brock lesnar you know he's re he's re-entered the the usada pool you know he has to wait six months to be in it and for his suspension to be over and then they can book the fight uh daniel cormier said that he want that he will try and book a fight for this year and it will be at light heavyweight defending the 205 pound title Who that's gonna be against, we don't know. Because I mean Alir Latifi, Jan Blakovic, they've all been they've all been, you know, the number eight, the number nine guys in the world, but this year they've just skyrocketed into the top five of the division. And you know, they could they they definitely could fight DC, but I think DC would just Give him a one-sided mauling. I think probably... I think Latifi probably has the best chance because he has a better wrestling game and uh, an, an ever-evolving striking game. Blackovic is a good striker, but his ground game... Uh, I mean, DC could come out with one hand tied behind his back and still take him down. So, I think Latifi would probably be the better choice and probably be the better fight. But I think Cormier beats everyone in the light heavyweight division right now. And maybe with the exception of Alexander Volkov. Everybody in the heavyweight division as well. Um, So yeah. And just to finish off this podcast right now. I'm going to give you a full rundown of every fight on UFC 227. Not just the main card. The entire card. I will only probably be doing the fights that I want. To break down or the fights that you know make sense to break down because they're big fights. But I'm just gonna give you a quick rundown of every fight on that card. So uh kicking off the five pass prelims is Marlon Vera versus Will Willigi Buren. Uh that is a what is that? Because it says that uh, Buren is a featherweight and Vera is a bantamweight. Not actually sure what weight that's at. Uh, then the next fight there is Diane White Danielle Taylor versus Weile Zhang in the women's strawweight division. Then uh, Ricardo Ramos versus uh, Kyung Kyung Ho Kang uh, in the bantamweight division, and Alex Perez versus Jose Shorty Torres in the flyweight division. And I'm really looking forward to the debut of Jose Torres. Uh, then kicking off the FS1 prelims is uh Matt Sales versus uh Shaman Morais. Uh, then the next fight on the the next fight on the FS1 prelims is Bet versus Irene Aldana. Then after that it's Ricky Simon versus Montel Jackson. And then the feature bout on the FS1 prelims is Pedro, the young punisher Munoz versus Brett the Viking Johns at Bantamweight. Then kicking off the pay-per-view card in the middleweight division is Thiago Santos versus Kevin Holland. Then after that, in the women's strawweight division, is Pollyanna v- Viana versus J.J. Aldrich. Then in the featherweight division, it's a number five versus the number nine contender Cub Swanson versus Renata Molcano. Then in the culminate event, we have the flyweight title rematch between Demetrius Johnson and Henry. So- Henry, the messenger, Cejudo. Then, in the main event, it's the Bantamweight title rematch between Cody Nolov Garbrandt, the former champion, number one contender, and the two-time UFC Bantamweight champion, TJ, Killashaw, Dillashaw. Whew. So, uh, a pretty stacked card. Uh, you know, some fights that I would advise you to watch. Pedro Munoz versus Brett Johns. Kevin Holland versus Tiago Santos. Renato Moicano. Versus Cub Swanson. And then obviously the, the two title fights. Uh, those are. and uh, Alex Perez. Versus Jose Torres. Those are the fights that I would look out for. You know I'm really excited. Uh, for this card. You know it's a pretty good pay per view. And after that we have. Gaethje versus Vic. Then UFC two twenty eight a Woodley versus Till. And then Hunt versus Olenek. So uh, it's a good. It's going to be a good August and September for the UFC. So that is it for now, guys. If you enjoyed this, make sure to like, comment, uh, give me some feedback and share. Uh, make sure that you take an hour out of your day this Friday to come and listen to me talk about the UFC 227 card. Plus some more additional things that I always like to throw in for now, guys. This has been Jake from the MA Weekly Podcast. And cut!